Welcome to the Rooted Youth Ministry Podcast, which aims to advance gospel-centered youth ministry by equipping and empowering youth ministers and parents to faithfully disciple students towards lifelong faith in Jesus Christ. The Rooted Youth Ministry Podcast is part of the Rooted Family of Podcasts, which also includes Ask Alice, All About Boys, and Thanos to Theos. The audio from this episode was recorded during our 2020 micro-conferences. And to learn more about our upcoming 2021 conference on October 7th through 9th, visit www.rootedministry.com. This workshop is entitled The Great Leveler, The Fallen Idols of COVID in the Life of a Teen, and it's by Julie Sparkman. Julie's been in private counseling practice since 1999 and in 2012 co-founded her ministry, Restore Counseling Ministries. She has a great desire to see adults and families see the impact of the gospel in their everyday lives as they live it out in transformation. And her and her husband, Wes, have been married for over 30 years and have a child and a grandchild. We're blessed to have Julie here to speak on this topic as a licensed professional counselor as we seek to move towards our students with this transformative work of the gospel in their lives. Let's pray as Julie imparts her wisdom to us. Our Father, we pray for this workshop that you would guide Julie with all of her wealth of experience and knowledge to impart that to us. God, to lead us to be, to be better counseling shepherds and teachers and disciplers for our students to grow in muscles we may be lacking or to expand in those that we already have. Equip us, God, to be just better disciple makers and shepherds, especially towards our teens in such a tumultuous season. Shape us and move us by the power of your spirit. We thank your son's name. Amen. Can you believe that we are in a worldwide, worldwide event right now? And that is so incredibly unusual. COVID for us has been like a rapidly moving tsunami coming across our entire world. And really like any natural disaster, it has stripped us of so much of what we consider to be normal life. And sometimes it's really not until we've been stripped of something that we realize just how much of our security, our significance, and really our emotional well-being was tied to it that somewhere along the way, that which was good turned into ultimate, like good things like building a ministry and, and uh, impacting the lives of people and interacting in a church community, all good things, but they can become ultimate things. Now, I know I'm supposed to be talking today about teens and their issues with idols, but um, you know, as leaders of teens, that we can only lead where we've been ourselves. So I'm gonna give you full disclosure and I'm gonna say that I am gonna be talking about teens, but I'm also gonna be talking about you and me because those teens are going to smell a mile off if we haven't been where we're attempting to lead them. So the title of my talk today is The Great Leveler uh, COVID-19 and the idols it has exposed. Now, I want to start by just defining what I mean. An idol, well, that's anything that we look to as a means of defining ourselves when the good thing becomes the ultimate thing. It's the thing that we look to for our hope. Similar to the prodigal son, he went to the father and he took his gifts from the father and he used his gifts to actually make life work apart from his father. That's kind of like what we do often with the gifts that God 
is given to us. Soon, it is those gifts and the way we're using them, not our relationship with God, that becomes our hope and what we look to for our identity, what gives us meaning, what sets us apart. That's pretty easy to identify when we're talking about teens, isn't it? To the athlete, it's his skill. To the academic, it's her intellect. To the popular, it's their social ease. But really, the main thing in those things becomes that that gifting gives us the false perception that we can control our world just by the choices we make. The path to success, well, it used to be really pretty well marked. In many ways, kids have been promised from a very young age that investment pays off. Study for the ACT, take it repeatedly, and you can have your choice of schools and scholarships. Practice hard, and you can lead your team to victory in front of stands packed with parents and students. Diligent work will bring accolades on awards day, again, with a gym packed with proud parents. And keeping your image cool and clean guarantees you a spot at the coveted lunch table or prom date. And then with no warning, the tsunami of COVID hits. And within a matter of weeks, it washes away what so many kids have invested so much in. The ACT dates are canceled and the exams are completely restructured. Sporting events are pared down to a fraction of stadium capacity. And we really have no idea if there will ever be again a public awards ceremony or lunch table or a prom. All that work and all those dreams, all those promises washed away. The well-marked path, no such thing. The only guarantee we have now is that there is no guarantee. Because there are new forces directing our lives and our future. And they are well out of our control. That's a huge jolt for a generation who, like us, was really raised in what I call the belief in the theology of good choices. Now, this is subtly and sometimes overtly preached in our schools and our pulpits and around our dinner tables. Romans 8.28 tells us, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. Now, we would never say this out loud. But subtly, there's an undercurrent of taking that verse and twisting it into some form of a guarantee, kind of like this. And we know that for those who are faithful and diligent to make good choices, to do as they have been taught, all things will work pretty closely into, if not exactly into, that picture that we have derived in our own minds of success. A plus B equals C. I do my part, God does his part. It's almost a contract of sorts. Again, it's never spoken, it's subtle. And I can't tell you the amount of believers that have come into my office dazed and disillusioned and angry, saying things like, I've been a faithful wife for years and he dumped me for a younger version. Or I took my kids to church every single time those doors were open and they've all turned their back on the faith. Or, I refused to lie when the boss told me to, and now I've been unemployed for 10 months. See, this generation of teens, they're really facing that reality early. A plus B, it does not always equal C. 
And in this, I believe we have a great opportunity to connect with kids before we can ever attempt to correct this false narrative. Because it's the very one that we struggle with. It is the same one that fuels so much of the Psalms, particularly Psalm 73, where the author looks at life from his own limited perspective, and he concludes that keeping the rules has not given him the return on his investment that he had hoped for. He says in verse 13, Surely in vain I have kept my heart pure and washed my hands in innocence. All day long I've been afflicted, and every morning brings more punishments. These words are so familiar to me. As I said, I've heard them plenty of times in the counseling room, but I also need to be honest, I hear them all the time in my own head. And I love that God instructs us in his word how to engage him when we are very disillusioned with him and the way he's doing things. When we just don't understand why did the rug get pulled out from underneath us when we didn't do anything wrong. When we face the terror of a world that just doesn't make any sense and we feel both frightened and powerless. Yeah, they've lost their proms and their graduation ceremonies and their senior high memories and their freshman year memories. And many of the idols that teens have looked to have been destroyed as well, leaving them, and let's face it, us, wondering, what can I depend on? Now here is both the danger and the opportunity, and the psalm gives us a path by which I believe we can help navigate kids and ourselves through these treacherous waters. Because Psalm 73 instructs us, number one, cultivate a safe place for real, real, real relationships, real questions. I'll be honest with you, my greatest fear in giving this talk is that I would somehow diminish loss that kids and adults also have gone through by naming those losses kind of glibly as false idols, and that need to be exposed and repented of and make a way for a mass revival. Now, that might happen, but I believe that's not really the goal. We must be willing and faithful to love, to shepherd, to pastor. A great test is to your safety as a youth pastor, as a parent, and as a friend is this. Could someone feel safe enough with you to express the anger that the psalmist expresses here? Could they risk saying to you what they know is wrong, but nonetheless, exactly what they feel? Why should I follow God when he is so random and unfair? Is these burning questions combined with despair of trying to make sense of it all that brought the psalmist where? to church. He says, when I tried to understand all of this, it troubled me deeply until I entered the sanctuary of God. The sanctuary, the church, was the place that he turned to with all of his pain and confusion. Now that's a real challenge for us because most of our sanctuaries are closed. So now we, we must be the church. We must be the safe place for our kids 
the challenges of how to be safe, not just spiritually, but physically as well, as well. Well, they're huge, but the stakes are much, much larger than that. The single most important factor in keeping us connected with kids is not technology, it's relationship. Go after the one that didn't show up on the Zoom call. Go after the one that wasn't there for the socially distant gathering. But, but when you do, risk. Risk modeling the honesty that you want to see coming from those kids. Your losses, no, they're not exactly the same as them, but the fears and the questions sure are. As you face your own stuff honestly before God, you, in essence, qualify yourself to impact kids in a way that seminary training never will. Once you've connected with kids, you've now positioned yourself to, number two, communicate. Communicate truth in ways that can be received. The psalmist says that he received understanding, and he was reminded of life from the perspective of eternity. His time in the sanctuary, it steadied and it stabilized him and that enabled him to move to out of that sanctuary and into his world and really work off that same truth for the rest of his life. He says, I am continually with you. You hold me by my right hand. You will guide me with your counsel and afterward receive me to glory. His new perspective shows that his heart has been penetrated with the truth. He was held rather than abandoned, as it appeared. But perhaps the most important truth that the psalmist was penetrated with was that it is not his gifting, nor his right choices, that could be trusted in him. He concludes, my flesh and my heart may fail. Jesus did not die so that we might have a better self-image. In his death, he freed us from the burden of placing our trust in ourselves or anything else to give us life. He does not operate on a contract basis because we cannot fulfill the contract. If you think that it's about you or what you can secure in this life to make life work, your anxiety, it's really well-founded and it'll never end. Because even when we achieve what we believe will secure life, we'll still remember deep inside the lesson that COVID has put on full display. It is not our abilities. It is not our good choices. It is not anything on this earth that can save us nor secure life for us. The good news is if it's about us, we really are doomed. And why is that good? Because the weight is off. It is not about a contract because my good choices will never be enough. Thank God, Christ alone gives me a righteousness that my idols cannot, and that righteousness can never be taken from me. Our response to the truth of the gospel really shouldn't be to feel empowered and emboldened. It really should be to feel relieved. My flesh and my heart may fail, the psalmist says, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For indeed, those who are far from you shall perish. You have destroyed all those who desert you for harlotry, but 
and is good for me to draw near to God. There are days when I doubt that COVID will ever end. And like you, I'm sure, and every kid that you come into contact with, I yearn for life as it was. And someday, we will have a new normal. We will gather together again in church, in schools, restaurants, movie theaters. And I'll be able to throw away those surgical masks that I've been wearing and that gallon jug of hand sanitizer that's in my car. But there is something that I don't want to discard. Something I pray that I will never forget. I can't place my trust in me, nor anything that promises to give me life or make life work. And the life that I have been given is not my own. I was created for one purpose, which is found again in Psalm 73 when he ends. Now, mind you, the whole uh, process has been that this psalmist has come before God. He has engaged him in fury that borders pretty close to blasphemy. And God is not put off by his rantings. Instead, he meets him and he quiets his mind and his soul. And he reminds him that his only path to purpose that nothing can take from him is this. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all your deeds. See, that's what I don't want to forget. That's the only place that I can rest in. And then out of that foundation, I can move into my world. And it's a world that is angry. It's a world that is hurting. It's a world that has been humbled in its powerlessness to save itself. Just like the psalmist, just like the kids in your youth group and your family, just like you, just like me, don't forget. I hope that you've enjoyed and been blessed and been encouraged by this episode of the Rooted Youth Ministry Podcast. If you were, uh, we'd appreciate your help in bringing this grace-filled, gospel-centered, Bible-saturated content to others who might also benefit. Help us serve others by sharing this resource on social media, by leaving five-star feedback, or uh, simply by subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts. For more grace-filled, gospel-centered, Bible-saturated resources, be sure to visit www.rootedministry.com. As always, we give a special thanks to High Street Hymns for providing the music for this podcast. On behalf of all of us here at Rooted, uh, my name is Davis Lacey. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Rooted Youth Ministry Podcast.